Kevin Durant drops 43, and now the Warriors are 1-1 away from their third title in four years. Is this the greatest team of all time? Is there anyone else to blame for Cleveland? And is this team being this dominant really good for basketball? We'll discuss. This is Stuck in the Middle. everyone it is thursday june 7th here in murfreesboro tennessee i'm elijah campbell here with xavier dupree and marthony sanders and we've been talking about the nba finals all week we had game three last night and what was arguably not the determining game of the finals but certainly the most pivotal one so far and kevin durant showed up and did his thing dropped 43 guys what's your initial take after watching KD's performance, what LeBron did, some of the help LeBron got, and is this just a lost cause now for Cleveland? Um, I mean, just just looking at it from a Golden State's perspective, to get uh, 43 points from Kevin Durant like that, and just how efficient he was. Um, I, as I was watching the game, I'm looking and I noticed like when he was like at you know 26, 28, and I was like, okay, he has it. And I looked at the shots, and I'm like. Gosh, dude is like 10 for 14, 11 for 15 from the field. It's like he's not missing anything right now. Like, and, and you just think about how he gets that 43 points in 43 minutes, and you think about how bad Steph and Clay shot the ball last night. I it's mean, awful. combined three from three from 15 from the three point line, like uh, one for 10. Kirk, Steph didn't hit a uh, three until late in the fourth quarter, which was I think. Might have, in my opinion, might have been a bigger bucket than Kevin Durant's three to a certain extent. I mean, people can argue with me on that if they want to, but I think that's a, a even big bucket too. That's kind of lost in the shuffle compared to what Kevin Durant did. But to get uh, you know, that many guys um, to that didn't that didn't pitch in that well, like and then you know, Javale McGee had that hot start in the beginning, but he did basically nothing afterwards. And for Kevin Durant, for just possession after possession, just, I mean, get, find a spot and just pick it out and just get buckets like that. It's, I mean, it's you just got to respect it. You got to respect the game the most definitely. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, as far as with Cleveland goes, I, I mean, they got enough help. Honestly, they did. I mean, I don't I don't even know, like, what can you really say say to them or say for them about it about last night effort. I mean if you was to t- if you were to tell Cleveland that hey, I'm gonna have uh I'm gonna have four guys in double figures and two of those guys are J.R. Smith and Rodney Hood off the bench and then I get a triple double from LeBron James and, and uh, another double double from Kevin Love twenty and thirteen, you're probably gonna chalk it you up think as a win. They win. Yeah. yeah. So I it's just I mean at this point it's just kinda like you just have to be in awe right now of what Golden State has done in these finals to go ahead and, you know, it's not, like we said, the game three is not the, exactly the decisive game, but, you know, usually once you're down 3-0, it's tough to try to win four straight games on, on any team, let alone this team, so. Yeah, last night just spoke to how great Kevin Durant is. Um, there's really no other way to put it. Like Sanders said, he had 43 points in – 43 minutes. He had 13 rebounds. And like you said, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson did not shoot the ball well at all. Steph only hit one three. He was one for ten. And Klay was two for five from three-point range. And 
it's gonna be kind of like what you said. If you if you were to tell LeBron that Steph was gonna have ten points and Clay was gonna have, well, sorry, Steph was gonna have eleven points and Clay was gonna have ten, um, he would say we win that basketball game. Oh yeah, and I mean. Kevin Durant was having no parts of it. He was lights out all game. He was hitting everything, anything that he wanted, anything that he wanted to, any and everything that he wanted to do, he was able to do. They were switching. That uh, Ty Lue, they threw different bodies at him, and it didn't matter. He was hitting from everywhere. It just goes to, it just speaks to the greatness of him and, I mean, the greatness of Golden State. At this point, the Cavaliers have not played a particularly a, a bad game all series. They haven't. As much as it was talked talked up as you know, oh, Golden State's going to kill them. They're going to just run them out the gym every game. The Cavs have been up, have had leads in these games, and these games have been close. Yeah, Game Two probably was probably just the worst game. Yeah, of all of them. But they're but, bad defensive quarters. Exactly. Yeah. And like I said, Game Two was probably that was the worst loss, but. Before that fourth quarter happened, they were only down. It was an eight to ten point game the whole game, so it wasn't complete. They weren't complete out of the game. And last night they had a lead. They had a lead, but Kevin Durant, like I said, he went on the he threw his name in the uh, Finals MVP hat. It's just you, you just you you gotta just marvel at how great this team is. I mean, like you said the. The shot that Steph, the one three that Steph Curry hit, like you said, it can't be the better. That was bigger than Kevin Durant's three. Now Kevin Durant, everybody's gonna remember Kevin Durant's three because how deep it was and it was a good shot. I remember sitting watching it and I couldn't believe that he he shot that. And I mean, when you're going like that and you that good of a shooter like he is, you can shoot from anywhere and had a confidence it's gonna go in. But Steph Curry's shot is what. It was a one-point game at that point. He hit that shot, and they took him, and they had a four-point lead at that point. So it's just – it speaks to the greatness of the Warriors. Yeah, Steph Curry 3 is – what made it so good and what makes it so pivotal was that that mentally breaks you as a team. You hold this guy who's, without a doubt, the best shooter in the world to missing his first nine threes, and then – you miscommunicate on a switch and leave him wide open and he hits a three and gives the words a little more separation, which is something that they couldn't get all second half. And so you play so hard and play so well on one guy for an entire game, all for it to be met for nothing. It, it didn't mean a thing after he knocked that one down. And that's just what that's what the Warriors do. They'll mentally break you. They can let you hang around, hang around, hang around. But eventually, they're going to hit that shot, or someone's going to finally make something if they don't hit anything all game. And that's what eventually gets you over the edge. One thing that I think you guys both touched on, and that a lot of people are finally starting to get to, is well, we're getting over the fact that Golden State stacked. Yeah, duh, grass is green, water's wet. Who cares? <laughs> there have been stacked teams yeah, in the NBA, exactly. but we need to finally give Kevin Durant the credit he deserves as being easily the second best player in the world like we we talk about LeBron enough I've in the last year it's all everyone talks about in the NBA is LeBron and how much everyone hates the Warriors but who cares Kevin Durant needs to get the attention that yeah. he very well deserves because last night if you look at the box score he got less help than LeBron yeah easily LeBron got more pen, uh, points off the bench Rodney Hood came out and had an incredible game and that speaks to Ty Lue we'll talk about that exactly and 
when it comes to the Splash Brothers, you have Steph Curry and Clay, the best shooting backcourt in NBA history. And before a couple of garbage time free throws towards the end, Kevin Love outscored both of them combined <laughs> and got way more rebounds. LeBron got a lot of help. But when it was mono mono, Kevin Durant had more in the tank. He was just better. He was hitting shots at a better rate because we talked about his 43 points, but he only had to shoot 23 times to get those 43 points. Exactly. And still dished, you know, had seven assists and grabbed 13 rebounds. A lot of people just can't look fat, look past the fact that Kevin Durant's just that great of a basketball player. All they want to do is sulk and bitch and moan, for lack of better terms, about how stacked his team is. Like, yeah. get over it. Kevin Durant's one of the best players in the world and the best players this world has ever seen. And at some point, if you're just going to sit and be miserable watching it, you're just going to be miserable watching basketball. Yeah. And I, th- I know, you know, it's hard to... to criticize LeBron after, you know, I mean, he had a triple-double, what can you say? Mm-hmm. But Still played great. Yeah, exactly, still played great. But at some point in time, man, um, certain stuff you can't, we can't let LeBron off the hook. I can understand that, I understand that you can be tired, I understand you can be fatigued, you had two days off, you cannot keep switching off these screens. They running, like, the Warriors were running fake screens. It was real screens, it was just Andre Igu- there. Andre Iguodala one time literally ran up like he was going to set a screen and just curled and ran back and they switched automatically like at some point in time you're the best player on the team and when he wants to be he's the best defensive player on the team even when he's not trying he's still probably the best defensive player on that team you, he has to take it upon himself to be like okay Kevin Durant is is not missing he's doing whatever he wants to do let me get him and if he hits on me then okay he hits on Kevin Love and it's like, you know, it's Kevin Love. He, you know, he Kevin Love can't stick with him. But it was some shots where it was like Kevin Love was right there on defense. He just hit the shot. Mm-hmm. But he got to take that onus like, nah, I got him. We're not, not switching. switching. We're yeah. not switching. Anytime someone comes to set a screen, we're not switching. I got him all the way through. And if he take, and if he gives it to me, then he gives it to me. Mm-hmm. But they kept switching last night. And he kept doing whatever he wanted to. He ended up with Ronnie Hood on him, he ended up with JR on him. I understand the fatigue and all that, but you're the best player in the world. At some point in time, you have to step up and take both the offensive and defensive. Like you gotta take, you gotta take on both of those. Like I don't know how else to say it. Like you too, you you too great for that. Like you you have to. You can't just let him go berserk like that. Yeah, he's got to be a coach and, on the floor too and realize. Yeah, that like, he does a lot of the time. But I mean, Ty Lue had a guy who just scored 15 off his bench who he didn't play all playoffs. Yeah. Because Ron hit the he may, he may have thrown a hissy fit and right. was just like, oh, don't blame me, garbage <laughs> time. Like he might he might have done that, but at the same time, like the guy still is averaging like 16 or so a game in Utah, yeah. and you bring him here for this reason and you sit him. Yeah. The first two games of these this NBA Finals, which are obviously pivotal, and you wait till now to get them going, and obviously, I mean, it wasn't enough. But Martha, you think it's it's more it's a lot coaching on that end, or do you think you know some of it should be uh, towards LeBron as well? Um, it's I I think it's you know it, it could be a little bit of both. Um, I yeah I think it just could be a little bit of both just because of. Um, you know, you finally make the move uh, to actually play, to play Rodney Hood, and you see what what he what he did, 
And you, you got to give him kudos, uh, hats off to him as well, just to, to be that professional still and to a certain extent in that moment because, you know, who knows where the, the relationship is with those, with those two guys. But um, but some of it, yeah, you, you, you have to look at LeBron like, hey, this, this guy's cooking. And it's kind of, this is almost kind of similar to how he was cooking in game one. And after a while, you saw Kevin Durant kind of backed away from him as well. So it's kind of like don't necessarily just give him that moment um, to, to continue letting him, you know, getting shots. And the, the, the switching, I, the switching I had a problem with too after a while because it was just like pretty much like the switching was so bad to where it was a, even the, the, the Iguodala dunk to like, yeah, they make the switch or they don't or they don't make the switch and they double up and try to get the ball out of his hands where no one is even coming to help rotate on that weak side. And now you have Iggy who's basically on one leg because he wasn't, he wasn't healthy out there at all. Out there on one leg and he gets an easy dunk. So uh, it's, it's like part of me wants to blame it on LeBron for the, you know, not necessarily stepping up on the defensive end on it, but I, I, I kind of look at it like this. Man, KD was just so on last night. I don't think it wouldn't even have mattered if they would have mm-hmm. switched or not. If he don't make, if he doesn't switch, he stays on. He's probably still making a couple of those shots or whoever, if it's Kevin Love or Rodney, whoever he's switching with, they're probably not even getting back to their man enough in time for them to even come back. Because, I mean, we know LeBron is the probably be arguably their best defender as well. So, mm-hmm. And everyone else defensively, uh, has their lapses, so I, I I just think in a way it's kind of like yeah you can see like hey LeBron why are you not checking this guy but man KD was just on he was he was on a on a different level last night so I, it might not even have it might not even have mattered to a certain extent but and you respect it more yeah I get what you're saying yeah, like you yeah, respect yeah. it more if he goes ahead and let's just take it one on one I don't want to screen let's not do this you know this is the guy I want I need to clamp him down yeah. and let's get a stop or anything like that but you know I mean defense is still a team effort so I just I can't necessarily just put the blame on him like that but it, it kind of showed it's just like why are you just you know settling to a switch like that and the guys basically cooking your 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 teammate every possession. Yeah. Of and I'm I'm not saying that the the defensive lapses were hurt were his fault. I'm just saying at a certain point in time, it's, it's got to come to where it's like he. I mean, how many buckets can we really say that he scored on LeBron last night? If we really look at it and watch it, like how many buckets do you, can you remember him him like him shooting <laughs> over LeBron? He was shooting over Rodney Hood and J.R. Smith and Kevin Love the whole night. So. If he, I mean, if if he's cooking and LeBron decides, okay, I'm, I got him. It's it's me and him. We're not switching no more. And he does the same thing. Okay, I understand that. I'm, you know, it's, you know, if he still, if he's, if guys on, if a guy's on, like Kevin Durant, he's on, and there's not too much you can do about it. No matter who's guarding him. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't even matter. But the fact that they were switching so easily, where they, where Golden State, a player could just run by and graze. Whoever you know, could graze LeBron and they're switching automatically. That makes no sense. It, it doesn't. It makes no sense to me at all. It's really been the difference in the series. I feel like too. Because you look at Game Two when Golden State came out the gates, just pummeling Cleveland. Yeah, we talked about Cleveland looking shell shocked. At the same time, JaVale McGee had a couple wide open buckets because just no one like just Cleveland as a team forgot how to play uh, pick and roll as a team. And JaVale McGee is getting wide open near the bucket, untouched. No one close to him and that just stresses the importance of team defense. You might not have to have the best defensive players in the league. Right. Like, Steph Curry's not a great defender. No. 
but he's surrounded by three other guys that aren't just great defenders because Clay, Katie, Andrew, and are all all defense mm-hmm. all defense caliber players, but they communicate <coughs> well. They're not getting is beat that, on those pick and rolls. They're not getting beat off screens. They're not if you know they switch when they need to, and it's just there's a smarter team. It feels like, especially on the defensive end, where Cleveland just gets so yeah. lost so yeah. quickly. I don't. It's I I I don't know. It, I don't know. And I mean, I mean, we said it. You know, just okay. We get off the defense, but we bought the whole Rodney Hood and you know LeBron. How he got some help. He got like the Cavs have not been playing bad, and the whole thing with Rodney Hood. It's the last night seemed. I think last night kind of proved to me that that was more of a pride thing mm-hmm. with Talu, not yeah. playing him. Yeah, being could, stubborn. It's just being I, stubborn. That was more of a pride thing because he came in, he played twenty six minutes, he had fifteen points. He, I mean, he had six rebounds, two blocks. Like he came in and played. He he had a good game. He scored a ton of buckets down the stretch, yeah. but it was really when it was, Golden State and Cleveland were, were swapping Yeah, you know, swapping going back, yeah he, was, he had a lot to do with that. He and was took pressure off LeBron. So exactly. that's a lot of stuff that Kyrie would have done. Exactly. The whole Kyrie thing where everybody's talking about, you know, they need somebody to create their own shot. Like, he was doing that. And at one point, I remember the broadcaster saying, you know, Ronnie Hood got a bucket and Ty Lue was on the uh, sideline. He was clapping over them, you know. It was like, really, bro, like, now you want to clap like you you should have been playing this man like I understand the time. yeah and it's like for me like as an athlete you want to you know it's the playoffs you're in the finals you want to play and I could see where he was coming where Ronnie was coming from as far as I want to come in and play in garbage time like if, and it was a Toronto series they were whooping on, on Toronto all right. series it was a sweep so I was like you know I'm, I'm not trying to I want to just play in garbage time so I understand that he. That situation could have been handled a, a whole lot better. Exactly. And they let it carry over. They, exactly. They let it carry over to the finals. And to beat Golden State, you need good wing players. You need good wing play. Mm-hmm. And that's what he gave you last night. You waited to unleash him to game three. He had a good game. If he would have played game one or game two, who knows? Especially game one. You saw how tight he got to it. It was, it was a game one. Mm-hmm. And how maybe he maybe, could have used an extra yeah, score. Exactly. Maybe he's the difference game one. Maybe he's the difference game two. He was the difference in game three, yet they still lost. They could have lost those other games too, but mm-hmm. you never know. So that whole situation just seemed like it was more personal, and that was just Ty Lue holding on to his pride. And then when it was like, okay, Jordan Clarkson isn't playing good, it's like, well, we, yeah. you know, we need to go ahead and try. We need to try Rodney Hood and see what he yeah. can do. Yeah. And it's like you said on the podcast, uh, the last podcast, is like you traded for these guys and you're not playing them. You need to get some type of – get something out of, get out of the trades. Yeah, yeah, get some type of return out of it. You got these guys sitting on the bench that they mm-hmm. chilling, collecting the check. Like put them in, you got them because they can play. They, yeah. It's not like they can't play. Like play them and see what happens. If, they, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But. It's like you gave up Isaiah Thomas, who might not have fit on this team, but it's still an incredibly gifted score. You gave him up for this. You exactly. gave up Jay Crowder, a guy who's a really good defender, and that's, exactly. he's a three and D type player. And when you're playing the Warriors, what do you need to do? D up, hit threes. And so if you're going to trade those guys away, get some return. Don't just give them away for nothing. And that's exactly what you see. Like Clarkson didn't even play last night. Nope. Some of the guys that are you know are involved in this trade just. Have been playing, and I don't think Larry Nance has played over 15 minutes in a game this whole series. 
I don't. I don't. Doubt I don't it. think so. I don't think so. I just. I mean. I'm just. You know. It's. It's. It's kind of. It's. It's almost like you know. They're. They're in a way. Kind of. They were still kind of. You know. Uh, Shell shocked to what was going on. But it, I mean, even with what happened last night, of course. Like. Uh, I mean, the Warriors also had a, another classic Warriors game. You know. I mean, they didn't necessarily start off slow first half, but, you know, they wasn't winning. And then, boom, all of a sudden they have a 31-point third quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just they just did what they normally do, man. They just come out in the, in the second half and then just they just take over and make big buckets. And it's just, you know, it's just – that's just the way that it that it, that it goes. And and, and even, down, even down the stretch, uh, down the stretch, Cleveland missed a couple of, of key free throws. Uh, yeah. Where yeah. they just kind of went one for two – might have missed both, and it's you know that, that those in there, and I know it was probably when it was just like oh seven eight minutes in the fourth, but you know at that moment like That's how up. close that game was, exactly all the points you needed mattered in that in that moment, and 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 it, it, I mean it kind of just came back and bit them in that last that, that last minute minute and a half, to where they wasn't getting enough stops, were being pretty much lackadaisical for better or worse on defense once again. And that's just—I mean—that's just been this team's Achilles' heel all season, and and it's it's June, and it's still coming up. That that's that's their problem. So yeah, and a lot of it's—and we can talk about you know Cleveland's incompetence as a franchise. You know whether it be Ty Lue just not being a great coach and yeah. getting out coached by Steve Kerr every year they play, and they're just waiting on LeBron to bail them out. The Miss free throws really that. Was a underlying thing that I don't feel like enough people are talking about because they were in the fourth quarter and when they were missing one of two, Golden State was getting a field goal on the other exactly. end, getting either two or three. And, and Cleveland was in the bonus. Yeah. Exactly. And Cleveland was in the bonus, which I don't understand either why they like why particularly LeBron, but I mean anybody else why they stop like trying to go to the basket? Like you're in you're in the bonus. Yeah. You're gonna get the bucket. Get to they're the gonna line. yeah. They're gonna foul you. Go to the free throw line. They would like he went like LeBron was. Putting his head down and going to the basket, but when it got down to crunch time, I think sometimes he—that's what I hate. When he's on, and he's hitting his jump shot. Mm-hmm. Everything's all good, and he he turns into the jump shoot king. He just shoot jumpers, shoot jumpers. But then when he starts missing them. Sometimes he falls in love with it too much. And he keeps shooting him. He keeps missing. Trying to get himself back in. Exactly. In a way. He kept. He was going to the bucket uh, to the to the basket last night, but when it got down to it, they were in the bonus. It's like he kind of stopped, and it was like almost like they were trying to match. Okay, well they go they're gonna hit a three, so let's let's shoot a three. You know, trying to match like that. And you can't play like that. You don't. I mean, Kyle Culver's three point shooter. And he was off last night. Jr. He was off. He shot three for ten from three point range. Mm-hmm. And it's like you got Andre Iguodala on you on a, on one leg. Like go at. He's going to foul you. Like go at him. Yeah. Go at him and go to Make the free the throw line and just you know play it like that. But I mean, the, I mean it's it's little stuff that I say it's little. I'm, I've been really surprised. I picked the worst to win in six. I've just been really surprised that I mean my prediction. Could easily be right if one or two things happen in game one, mm-hmm. and one thing you know, one or two things happen and go right. Last night it could be, could be two one Warriors. It could be two one Cleveland. Who knows? But the, the Cleveland has not been outplayed as much as people would have expected. 
Whereas like the regular score would see would say yeah. when you just look at the score is what what does what do the Warriors do better than almost any other team in the NBA? They come out of the locker room and they beat the hell out of you and they go on these crazy runs that you yep. just don't miss. And they've done that a couple times a series, but it's not been over each time. Exactly. Cleveland weathered those, and they're yeah. going into the fourth quarter, whether it be only down by like a manageable margin mm-hmm. or they're up. Yeah, exactly. And they just haven't been able to find ways to close it out. And last yeah. night, the difference was KD was hitting shots to close this thing out, and they were getting defensive stops because they just communicate better, they rotate better on defense, and they're just a much better team. And that just goes to the age-old you know, cliche of, you know, Basketball is a team sport. Better team always wins. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the best individual is, yada, yada, yada. And yeah, I think yeah. this is just the biggest example of that. And speaking of, you know, this team, we arguably the greatest in NBA history considering the last two-year run. Once they got Kevin Durant, they were a whole other thing before winning 73 games without him. And then you add Kevin Durant, and there's really hard to make an argument of a team that is better. But as a team being this dominant and that's taking the best player to ever play the game and just – beating his team like they are, like they have in the last two years. This After last night, that makes the Warriors 7-1 against LeBron in the finals in the last two years. Is this good for the NBA, or will this hurt it ultimately? Um, it's a tough question. It is. It is. Uh, the NBA, if you go back and just kind of look over just the history of the NBA, mm-hmm. there are always points periods of times where a team has just dominated the NBA. You go back, the Celtics dominated. Then, you know, the Lakers, and then, you know, Celtics-Lakers went back and forth. Then, here come the Pistons. Then, here come the Bulls. You know, then you sprinkle in, you know, you had the Lakers and the Spurs and the Pistons and, you know, Miami with LeBron and D-Wade and now, you know, coming back to Cleveland and Golden State. So, there's always been, you know, always in the NBA – there are always periods of times where a team is just that's the team yeah. that's running it right now. Never been the league of parity. Yeah, yeah. Well. And so I don't think it's so much a bad thing for the NBA because it is not like I mean you would you would hope that the games would be a little more competitive, but it's not like Golden State is blowing them up by thirty. Exactly. Yeah. Every night. And so the only way I can see it being bad is just the whole, you know, go back to the whole super team thing, depending on what LeBron decides to do um, after this series is over, when he enters free agency, if he decides to stay in Cleveland, if he decides to go elsewhere. That could be the only thing that um, could make it worse. Uh, it's the only thing I just don't like about the NBA as far as since KD has joined Golden State and with LeBron being in Cleveland, it's almost a foregone conclusion of, you know, you know who's going to the finals. Now, right. you had some bumps in the road this year, you know, with Houston and, and Boston, um, even Philly to a certain extent. But, I mean, for the most part, you know, Cleveland gave, you know, everybody a scare because, you know, Cleveland was rock, you know, on the rocks, was shaky, but everybody knew who was going to the finals. That's the only thing that kind of just – annoys me because it's like you, I mean as much as you know as good as Houston played it's like are they really going to beat Golden State as good exactly. as Boston was playing it's like they don't have Kyrie they don't have Gordon Hayward are they really I mean they, they took Cleveland seven but it's like do you really think they're going to look like LeBron is going to lose in the game seven like to get to the finals, to the finals like, yeah, yeah like come on now so that that might be the only thing, but as far as the entertainment of the finals is going, I mean, I I can't complain. Yeah. 
Anthony? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to straight up say no. No, it's not bad for the NBA. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's kind of, it's been already uh, appointed to already that, you know, the league has always just had like its, you know, its certain numbers of teams who, uh, you know, pay pretty much year in and year out are, you know, going to the playoffs, making deep runs, and, and who's ultimately going to be in the finals. I mean, it's you just, you know, you just have the teams that, you know, that year in and year out, they're just competitively, they're just going to be good and better than everyone else. And then you got the teams who, you know, are just bad. They stink. I mean, the, you, I mean, the, you just... It's it's all it's all in luck and, and everything like that too as well. I don't think it's necessarily just a bad thing. Like some teams are some teams get lucky. Uh, Golden State certainly did. Yeah, with yeah. A couple teams, draft picks. yeah. Some teams yeah, get lucky. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Minnesota had a chance to get Steph Curry twice. Passed up Ricky Rubio and Johnny took, Flynn. Took Rubio and Johnny Flynn. Uh, Portland passed up on KD. <laughs> Lord. You know, and they pass up on Michael Jordan. Mike, the Mike they pass up on MJ and Jordan. Opportunities I mean, to get Hall of Fame talent. It's, it's, I mean, it's just you know, it's just some franchises. You know, they they might go through. You know, it had been a while. I, I get it. I get it. I get the whole the 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 current NBA uh, fan board or, or fan boys and girls and everything else is probably saying, oh, you didn't even know who the Warriors were five, six years ago. Yeah, sure, you probably didn't. But, I mean, it's not like they've never won uh, a, a championship before this. I mean, they won one back in 74. I mean, they had great teams in the 90s with Chris Mullen and then Tim Hardaway and yep. a, a young Chris Webber. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it, it's not like this team hasn't. It's just It's not like they've just – you know, oh, they've been on the bottom for so, so long, and they just came out of nowhere. Well, what did they do illegal? You know, it's not – this is not right. – The NCAA here is like a team coming out of nowhere. <laughs> like, okay, now, what y'all do? <laughs> They're yeah. paying players. Yeah. Yeah. But that's another subject for another story. But, <laughs> but it's – I mean, I, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. I mean, you – it's kind of pretty much what Clay Thompson said. I mean, hey, or really in the words of, uh, the words of Rick Flair, man, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. I mean, and right now mm-hmm. – these are the two best teams that, that, that somehow, some way, the last four years, and whatever team LeBron is on, the last eight years has made it to the finals. I mean, you just at this point you got to be like uh, you got to be like what Houston is on right now. Yeah, I want to build a team together to beat the Warriors. I'm yep. set out to beat the Warriors. If you're if you're Boston right now, if you're Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, you're like okay. Like, when am I cleared? When is this surgery going to be done? I'm ready to get back on this court because I know if I was out there, we probably would beat these suckers. Like, it's that. Philly is probably saying the same way. Like, man, we can we get see if we can get one more player? Like, is there somebody in free agency? I, I mean, it's I mean, it's plenty of guys out here that's, that's pretty much – they're not going to sit here and complain and say, oh, the league is bad right now because, you know, it's, it's no parity and we don't know who's going to do this and who's going to do that. I mean, God, just imagine telling the Dolphins and Bills and Jets fans like every year they have to deal with New England for the past. Yeah, we know who's winning that. You know who's winning the AFC East. So you're not complaining about that. So what's the problem here? I mean, if you want to do something about it, then get your roster together, make some moves. Some teams just need to stop tanking because you've been tanking for too long. Yep, just not getting good. It doesn't matter how you get it because the draft picks are not panning out. Um, find the right picks, get a roster together, find a decent coach, a, a live coach that can stay there, get a core group of players, work on something. I mean, that's what Toronto did. I mean, mm-hmm. they just can't get over the LeBron hump, but that's pretty much what they did. They finally got a roster together, finally had a good coach, 
put something together. And like they've had a doable team here the last three, four years. They just hasn't gotten over that hump. But I mean, if you want to, you know, beat these teams, then you just need to find a way to get your roster here and beat it. And I know it's easier said than done because of some of the players that's on certain teams. I get it. You know, there's four all stars on one team and a couple of guys that's on the bench that probably could be starting anywhere else, but yet they stay there just because they know I can ride these guys along and possibly ride. get get a ring. When, I mean how many championships we we can get. I mean a lot of that on. takes <laughs> like sacrifice. Come on. Like Nick Young is going to be forever known as the guy who got snitched on from D'Angelo Russell in the locker room. But he's one win away from getting the championship. <laughs> he was he's the face not, of the bad Lakers. He's the not, face of terrible he, Laker yes, basketball. He's going to win. He's not going to care. He's not going to care. Mm-hmm. That, 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 if that's all that you can remember him for in the whole, you know, shooting a three, and I thought I made it, but I didn't make yeah. it, or the, <laughs> the bad play that him and JaVale McGee had in Washington, like, yeah. and he's it's been, not going to... he's been playing actually pretty good these playoffs, it's so... It's not going to matter, because they're going to win a ring, so they're, gonna, they're not sitting here complaining about how bad it is, and <laughs> or how they got it, like that, or how they... Yeah. Beat us. I'm on this team, so beat us. I mean, that's just how it is. Right? And there's like a blueprint to beat these guys. And Daryl Morey, the GM for the Rockets, has absolutely done it's it. There. Yeah. If Chris Paul, like, I can easily believe that if Chris Paul doesn't hurt his hamstring, the I, Rockets win that series. I think so too. Yeah, I, I was, yeah, I think I thought so too. And a lot of it is just not just getting superstars. It's not like the NBA is just a superstar market. You just got to get superstar, super, uh, superstar. But like the Rockets have two and a bunch of shooters around them. They have a bunch of PJ Tuckers and Trevor Reese's and Ryan Andersons, and, and they play an analytics the game. Yeah, those are all over the league. So and they're willing to play defense yeah, too. They're you ubiquitous in the league right now. You don't have to necessarily. Do. And and that's another thing. I I. I see uh, about what the league to in the draft is everyone's so quick to try to find this this who's this next superstar i mean yeah just keep it real every draft don't have that next superstar. exactly like, maybe one yeah maybe every draft one. is not gonna every draft is not gonna be 84 96 03 and even uh, this past draft past 2017 draft, yeah, it's, no one, yeah. it's not gonna every draft is not like that i mean half the i think half the most of the guys from like the 2010 and 2011 draft is not even like Playing anymore, so <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if it was 2012 or 2013 where Giannis was easily the best yeah. player pick. If you take Giannis 13. out of that draft, oh, it's terrible. Just, oh, you don't even have good role players in there, <laughs> and half those guys aren't even in the league. It's you people like I agree with Martha. Like people draft to get the next superstar. They want yeah. the next KD, LeBron James, the next Giannis or Chris Stapps looking for these diamond in the roughs when really you just need pieces to fit your team. Find a scheme. The Rockets found a scheme, and that's shoot threes. Threes are more than twos if you're exactly. hitting threes efficiently. And you might have to neglect something on the defensive end, and that's yeah. when they, you know, they hired Mike D'Antoni. But they ran a system that allows for certain role players, which would be available, to fit in this like system and situation better. And that would you know, eventually make the team better because your role players fit the scheme you're exactly. running. Okay. And there are so many guys in the NBA that just don't fit on a team like the Grizzlies this random example they start Deontay Davis now obviously they're tanking but like players that can't shoot that can't create their own shot the Bismack Biombos of the NBA yeah. a lot of those guys are going extinct and yet some teams are still drafting guys like that and still just based off athleticism and what they think you know can be made out of they don't potential, have a scheme yeah, to potential. it yeah. there's That's no rhyme or reason to word. it I mean Think about it. Ceiling upside. Think about think about a guy like PJ Tucker. He's not the most athletic, not the biggest, not the strongest, not the <laughs> fastest, but he has always found him a job. In the NBA. He, always, he will till he until he doesn't want it. He's always found yeah. him a job. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. It's 
and so in in a way to go back to the original question that eventually it comes back to to the players and what they can realize what your role is like yeah. you know it's it's and this is with any sport you're not going to always be the number one you might have to be the number two number three or you might have to be the sixth man or the seventh man in a rotation hey your your 15 minutes and your 10 points might help me win a game and if I'm a coach keep me a job so mm-hmm. trust me I'm if you're doing what you're supposed to do I'm going to reward you with more minutes like it, it, you know if which I'm pretty sure we're going to get into that with whatever happens after the series and where does LeBron go and what pieces is going to leave from certain teams like for example if he goes to Houston and and of course at that moment yeah you're probably going to say I got to get rid of a P.J. Tucker and a, and a Trevor Reza those guys They'll find them another place to go to go to oh, go yeah. play it, and they'll get signed somewhere. And you can easily find you another PJ Tucker, Trevor Reese to come back to that same team. It's, guys like that are always going to be. If you can shoot, play some defense, you can you're, find you're, you're, in, you're in the in league. Today's NBA, you are in the league. Yeah. That's all you have job. to do. That's it. It's the landscape of the league right now. Yeah. Especially if you're a big man, you can find yourself. You have a jump you're shot, a three-point shot. You're going to be on any team you need. Yeah, it, I, yeah. The whole draft thing that y'all were talking about this just. Teams need to go and take notes off of NFL teams and how they draft. Some NFL teams, not a lot of NFL teams, but certain NFL teams. <laughs> yeah, certain NFL teams that don't draft who's the next best, you know, who's the next best available player, who's the next best available player that fits what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And NBA teams need to understand that you can, I mean, you can draft a guy that you think is all world, he's going to be this and going to be that. But either, well, there's one of two things. Either you can draft that guy and say, and say we're going to put a system around you and we're going to build around you, around you and your skill set, or you want to draft them and the coach will say, no, you're going to play my scheme and my system. And if it works, it works, and it doesn't, it doesn't. And most of the time, like y'all said, it doesn't. So they just need to take some of these teams in the NBA just need to take a page out of what the Rockets have done and get you a coach that knows what he wants to run, his system. You draft guys that are going to fit what you want to do because – KD just said today. I just I got the update. He's re-signing with the Warriors. I ain't Warriors. going nowhere. Yeah. He's re-signing. <laughs> Why would you? You're winning everything. He's re-signing yeah, with the Warriors in the summer. So Golden State, even if he was leaving, Golden State ain't going nowhere. <laughs> they are here to stay forever more. You know, however long they going however long he gonna be there, and Steph's yeah. gonna be there, and Clay. They're here for another year. And those guys are taking pay cuts to do it. Exactly. Like, Clay Thompson's just done, like, what, $86 million oh, yeah. on, like, exactly. potential money he can make? So, yeah. if you're Houston, Boston, Philly, those are teams, maybe not so much Philly, but Houston and Boston, those are the type of teams that other NBA teams need to look at and try to build around. There are plenty of free agents that are going to be out there this summer for oh, yeah, this, a team this to is get a good year in the, free agency. Oh yeah, this is going to be this a couple of years. Free agency is going to be fun this summer in the NBA. So we'll see what happens. But if you want to be good and you want to compete, and you know if this bad for the NBA, you better start drafting guys that can shoot and play defense because that's all the word. That's that's yeah. really what the words are. They just they they can shoot and play defense. They just do it better than everybody else. <laughs> you just have to adapt because yeah. the NBA with their salary cap is set up to where everyone has everyone's on a level playing field. Exactly. You can't just be like you know in baseball the Yankees can buy any talent they want. There's no salary cap. You can just throw money 
and all these yeah, all the best players, yeah. and they can all join you. It's not like that. It's built so there can be a little more parity now. The difference is some guys take pay cuts, but that's the thing. A personal sacrifice or giving up money in order to win is a personal decision. Yeah. How bad do you really want this max contract, or how bad do you, do you really to want to win this title? Chris Paul's already said that he's not taking anything less than a max. And if you want to get LeBron, someone's gonna have to. Do you're some gonna money. have to roster gut because and, if I if I remember correctly, I think James Harden got like two hundred oh, mil. Yeah, I think he's got the plus, richest one. Yeah. I think Steph got his, and then bam, James Harden yeah. got his. And it's so more. if you want LeBron, I'm pretty sure LeBron's not going for taking another pay cut. Yeah, I think, I think he he's passed out. I think he wants max so. this time too. So. Whoever wants LeBron, you better be on the dough. Fork it up. Fork up that, that dough. And you're going to have to gut some key role players, maybe. You not, might not be able to sign you know, Clint Capella, who is going to get a lot of attention from other teams oh, yeah, over yeah. his contracts up. Oh, yeah. uh, you not, might not be able to sign P.J. Tucker or Trevor Reza back unless they just want to take a huge pay cut. You might end up having to start guys like Luke Richard and Bob Mute next year if you are end up getting, you know, getting to that point. I know we're not talking about Mbappe, but the, if they go cut anybody, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> he might need to build a top. He might be the only one to afford oh to start gosh, though. He geez. might not have enough money to give it oh. to get anyone to play though. That's oh, the well, thing. They need to try to figure out a way. Chris Paul need to take a pay cut because Mbappe Mute is terrible. Yeah, but and that, if, that's, if no one wants a pay cut, you might be looking at a starting lineup where your bottom two are is Richard Mbappe Mute and man. say Bismack Biombo. Yeah. That could be your they need the, yeah. your, your last two. Yeah, but yeah, it's I don't think it's bad for the NBA teams are just gonna have to look. The the, the NBA is different now. It's it's running gun. You shoot threes and you yep. play defense. If you the the I want to say mid range game is gone, but if you can't shoot threes in this league, like you you're you, not you winning really anything. Yeah, yeah, you really don't have too much of a chance. You really don't have too much of a chance to win, and that's why I think Boston is going to be so good because you bring back Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, who both Kyrie, I mean, obviously Kyrie can hit threes, mm-hmm. and Gordon Hayward can hit threes too. And they play defense. Yeah, they can create it on the shot, and they can play defense. All of those guys can. They so, can play positionless basketball to exactly. where they can match up with anyone because they're just so flexible with their lineup. And that's another team that built theirs through the draft. Exactly. And they're fleecing stupid teams like Brooklyn to take three dinosaurs in exchange for all their picks the next six years. Yeah. When as bad as Brooklyn was, those picks turned out to be pretty damn good. Yeah. So it's the difference between just being a smart franchise and being a dumb one. Yep. And Cleveland, that's I love how this is rounded back to Cleveland but, <laughs> and their incompetence. Yeah. But they're going to have LeBron James in some of the best years of his career and only win one title because they cannot adapt and get players around him that fit. Yeah, and wow. And that's, <laughs> wow, what, that's, what, that. that's what it has come down <laughs> to. Literally everyone else can do it. And Boston, even if LeBron stays in Cleveland, Boston's the best team in the East next year. Everyone else can do it, but Cleveland has just, for some reason, when LeBron was there before he left for Miami and now that he's returned, has not been able to maintain yeah. it's, just, it's, part, it's the roster that it's can the be going to Yeah, part of that is on LeBron, too, though. Because he ran Kyrie. He is kind of part of the GM. He, he does like he, making he, these trades. And he, he ran Kyrie Tristan Thompson out of, some money. And yeah, Tristan Thompson, he, if you think nah, about he, it. No, Sanders, no. He, he ran Kyrie out of Cleveland, man. 
He read Kyrie out of Cleveland. He would be in Cleveland right now. He didn't want him gone either, though. But he didn't say, I mean, yeah, now he came out and said he didn't want him, but he didn't treat him like he didn't want him to leave. Now you can come out and say, yeah, I'm down I want 3-0, you. I don't want yeah, Gary to leave. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. I could tell you, hey, yeah, hey, bro, nah. <laughs> I'd be like, I could tell, I could go to the owner and GM, man, nah, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't want Kyrie, you know, I don't want Kyrie to leave, man, nah. He, you know, he's a superstar, he's our point guard, nah, I don't want him to leave. But once I leave that office and I treat you like you a role player or something, and I'm talking to you, I ain't talking to you like, you know, it's me. You know, you 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 my guy. You my second best player. Come on now. So, and it wasn't like Kyrie went. It wasn't like so much that Kyrie just wanted to leave. But once he kind of caught wind of like, you know, maybe we trade Kyrie and just the whole thing. We obviously we don't know what was going on in that locker room. But what has been said is that he was not getting treated like the superstar point guard that he is. Right. And LeBron, LeBron, excuse me, I said LeBron. LeBron might not want him to leave. But he wasn't acting like it, so you know he had, you know he had the, he had the interview with Rachel Nichols, and that's cool. He might not want. I'm pretty sure he didn't want Kyrie to leave. He said he said when it when it happened, yeah. he didn't want Kyrie to leave. But you can say one thing and act a different Having way. Have personal feelings, it's, yeah, riffs yeah, yeah, elsewhere. So yeah. I think he got he 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 messed that up by running Kyrie out of there. Because if I remember correctly, at the end of the series at the end of the series last year, the finals, he told LeBron we'll be back. Yeah. He was telling LeBron we'll, we'll, be, we'll back. be back. Yeah, we'll be yeah, back. Yeah. So he was gear, He was gearing up for this year. Something happened between that point and the summer. Two camps, yeah. So I mean, and then Tristan Thompson getting that contract. Yeah, really. He, yeah, he pretty, yeah, he pretty much got everybody else paid. Yeah, that's really. true. Yeah. And so yeah. I mean, yeah, you brought in, you know, he brought in D Wade, his homeboy D Wade, and you got Derrick Rose, and you got Isaiah, you know, Isaiah and uh, Trey, and Jay Crowder in the trade or whatever. That wasn't working out. So then, LeBron James, the GM. All right, let's clean slate. Get some more guys in here. They got them. I mean, this is really LeBron really handpicked, quote unquote, this team. When a you think about it, when right, right. But but, but this is what this is what I'm kind of getting at with that too. It's like as you being the owner and you having a GM. I I, I think that's your role. You should be you should be in a way. Handling that yourself, it shouldn't even get to the point where I, 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 mean, I can see where you you might ask him for his input, but yeah, it yeah, shouldn't yeah. like I don't think the players should be coming in. I don't care who it is, yeah. I don't care who you are. You shouldn't be coming in to me saying, "Hey, yo, GM Sanders, look, man, these guys suck. I want them out of here." Blah, yeah, blah, yeah. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, you're my guy, but it's like let me do my job. Yeah. As, as GM, exactly, and I feel you on that. They don't have you know, to. So it's kind of like in know, a way they just let him take it over, and it's yeah. like, man, dude, this is your job. Not yeah, mine. I feel you on that. They, he like they don't have to. They, they don't have to. You know, just they don't have to do everything that he says. You know, and part of the reason why you know they don't, he says they're trying to keep him happy. He's he's. He is. They used. We saw what happened when he left Cleveland the first. Time. The last time he didn't keep. They were. Yeah, they were. Rich. They had the number one pick every year. They were the lottery every For year that. when he. Yeah, when he left yeah. the first time. So he's trying to keep him happy to appease him, but at the same time, he knows that he's smart enough. He knows. He knows that whatever whatever I want, they 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 they'll give it to me, and if they don't. They'll know. They know what happens. I'll I'll get up and leave. And somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. What you want to do somebody else with? Yeah. Exactly. So they. You know. He he knows that. He's smart enough. He knows that. He he he's running that. He's running. The, he's not so much running the franchise, but he has that franchise 
in the chokehold is where it's just like whatever whatever I need or whatever you know whatever I say I'm gonna need y'all to do it and if it if that's y'all, yeah if y'all wanna do that then y'all know what this role leads to I think he's gonna end up leaving Cleveland anyway now at this point at first I really didn't know but if I think if I think if, especially if um if Paul George signs with um the Lakers I think he'll definitely end up uh, I think he'll leave but I think he'll stay in the East but that's that's um, another story for another day but yeah he has a lot to, LeBron has a lot to do with some of those moves that Cleveland has made mm-hmm. over um, in terms of not being able to oh, yeah, oh, put a team on the floor yeah, and complete, he, compete yeah, he's, with Golden State he's not he's, he's not he, he, he has some faults in this he's not yeah he has some fault in some of this so well, Hannah Montana once said, "Nobody's perfect," <laughs> and I think that's that's very applicable here. Yeah. Before we go, I just have one more question: If you're Ty Lue, do you give Kendrick Perkins a jersey? Because they probably don't even have one. They probably just gave him a suit and said, "Hey, talk to this mess on the bench." Do you give him a jersey? Do you give him Chetty Osmond's jersey and give him six wax at Kevin Durant? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you have six fouls, dude. I mean, make I mean it yo, it. the tension was already there from the post from the press conference last night. Clearly, oh, that was great. That was yeah. That was. Hey, I didn't even see that. What happened? What? I, I mean, Katie's at the podium. Uh, he, you know, Kendrick Perkins I mean, the guy, a the guy, you know, the guy's like six eleven, so he can see everything. So yeah. I mean, even though he's slumped like this, it's kind of like he can still see everything. Uh, KP kind of walks in, not necessarily walks in it, but you can kind of see him walking by. And, yeah. He, he gives them some words and say so you can kind of read KD's mouth. Flies like, a couple birds his way, like, uh, allegedly. You know, F you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I need to like go. I need to go uh, find that. Watch it. Yeah, it's, um, it's there. <laughs> and at this point, no, keep him on the bench. Like I said, the, the, free Kendrick Perkins. No, free keep, Kendrick no. Perkins. He need to stop talking. That I, I really think you know, regardless, Golden State is gonna win this series and they've been winning these games. But Steph Curry. They go berserk in game two. And then him and Steph Curry get into it. Game two, it was early. It was early, my maybe my third quarter when that happened. And Steph decided and went ahead and went crazy in that third or fourth uh-huh. quarter. Now you're talking to KD. He just put up 43. Don't <laughs> he just fair. put up 43. They got to come back. You talk, you can talk junk, but you ain't out there playing. That's one thing. That's, like, right. That's one he, thing he doesn't do right you, now yeah, is play much basketball. Yeah, it's the you. You really, you really don't have much room to talk. So yeah. I think they just need to keep him on the bench, let him put on his suit, and just let him talk until Golden State puts Cleveland out of misery. <laughs> I'm usually one to advise against poking the bear, but for entertainment purposes, <laughs> smack them. Well, I need it. Well, right? yeah. For entertainment purposes, yeah. that would I be good. It, yeah. But I mean, for Cleveland, it. For, at this point, it don't matter. You might as well let him God, talk. Yeah, I, don't know just, I don't know what's worse, giving him a jersey and actually making him play yeah, on say, the floor or him running well, his mouth. I don't know if, what's if worse. If you want some entertainment, you pull him up there as the PA <laughs> announcer and just let him <laughs> talk as the PA announcer. Jesus. That'd be great. Well, this has been another, another good NBA Finals podcast of Stuck in the Middle. Thursdays, same time every week, and a couple, the, the occasional emergency podcast. We'll be back after Game 4 of the NBA Finals, which is more than likely the end of it. But who knows? Maybe we get lucky and get blessed with one more game and a potential Kendrick Perkins sighting. Hopefully. <laughs> Maybe not the Kendrick Perkins thing, but game. <laughs> but until then, I'm Elijah Campbell. Thank you for listening to Stuck in the Middle. Hashtag free Kendrick Perkins. <laughs>